0: now the sound is very not announcer-y. I mean, that's just the kiss of death. If you sound like an announcer, or any mm-hmm. kind of old school radio DJ or news anchor or anything like that, um, the sound is very much more downplayed and very real, sort of testimonial-ish, um, heartfelt. It's It's not at all about having a big booming voice or that perky sing-songy thing or anything like that. It's, It's much more relatable on that end. Yeah. But that's actually hard to perform, too. So people think they can do that, and it's not easy.
1: Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. I'm your host, Jody Krangle, and this podcast will discuss just how sound influences our behavior. I generally talk about this in the context of advertising and marketing, but there are other places this is important too. I really feel that it plays a much more important role in our lives than maybe we realize. So let's delve a little deeper. This is the first part of my interview with Mary Lynn Wisner. Since 1990, my next guest and her award-winning company, Voices Voice Casting in Los Angeles, has cast thousands and thousands of voice talent in thousands and thousands of voiceover productions. From the Clio-winning Chevron Talking Cars to the 13-part History the Color of War to Mercedes, Taco Bell, Coca-Cola, Legos, Walgreens, Sony, Hasbro, and Clorox, just to name a few, to several feature films, animation series and video games, audiobooks, and narrations. She also casts voices for e-learning, promos, and IBR. That's voicing for telephone systems, for those not familiar. Whatever's needed, she's found the voice for it. In addition to her successful casting career, she continues to direct workshops, coach, and she's a great coach, I can attest to this, consult, and direct talent all across the world. Talent, producers, ad execs, and creatives all know that when you work with her, you work with someone who loves what she does and brings that love and expertise to any production, studio, or workshop. I'm super pleased to be talking with casting director and coach Mary Lynn Wisner. And I know you're going to love this conversation. So settle in. Thank you so much for talking with me
0: today. This is really cool. I'm glad that we're getting to do this. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for you, and I, I, I love the idea here of your, your podcast. So it's been let's talk a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. let's talk. Uh, well, first of all, how are you
1: doing? Cause like weird times, right?
0: <laughs> it's very weird times. You know what's funny? Um, <clears throat> as voiceover people, we're we're used to being alone a lot anyway, and you know working at a home and. Mm-hmm being stuck in a booth or, you know, yeah, home this is office. Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, you know, this morning I'm like, okay, what sweats do I wear today? You know, and just, yeah. I'm feeling a little schlubby and, and mm-hmm. kind of like the mornings kind of, I'm usually a morning person, but the mornings are sort of getting a little hard to get up and get going and kind of have that enthusiasm. And, and it's not so much about me. It's just the state of everything that's, yeah that's, Really, scaring me, you know, like I, I can't I just can't even watch the news anymore. It's just too depressing,
1: yeah, I guess we all have to be very conscious of self-care,
0: <laughs> absolutely. But we can't go to a spa. We can't do anything like that. So I just walk. <laughs> I go for long walks, <laughs>
1: so that's what you do to keep yourself sane during all this is walking and anything else?
0: yeah, I mean, you know, can't go to the gym. you can't you can't um you know, go swimming or anything like that, you know. Um, mm. uh, so, yeah, it's a, that's all I've been really doing is going out and walking. And then here in L.A., it's been raining for the last four or five days. So oh. if there's a, yeah, if there's a break, it's like, got to get outside. Just yeah. I feel like I need to get outside and get air. And We got um, snow yeah. this morning. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's so know. weird. I know. What's, I think God's I trying to
1: tell us something. You I know? don't know what that was about. <laughs> yeah, Mother Nature is saying, stay home. Mm-hmm. You are not needed right now. No.
0: <laughs> Bundle up, hunker down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I
1: guess all we can do is just make sure we take care of ourselves and and stay safe.
0: Yeah, I've been doing a lot of cooking, a lot more. I love to cook, but more like adventurous cooking. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I've had a few occasions where groups of friends where we meet for dinner on Zoom. Oh, yeah. You know, that's so a great it's idea. like, what did you make tonight? What did you mm-hmm. make? And we're all kind of looking at each <laughs> other's food and toasting each other. So that's been kind of fun, too.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I actually had a Passover Seder with my family Fun. over Zoom yesterday.
0: <laughs> but so so did so like typically uh, did everybody, you know, like most of the time, people bring in one thing, like a potluck kind of thing. Did you, yeah. did you all like make your whole meal, and then, oh, yeah. Jody's brisket looks way better than
1: ours. <laughs> uh, I do not cook. I'm a horrible cook. And actually, I had eaten before we got together. <laughs> so it's my sister that's really into the whole thing of it. Uh-huh. And my parents were just like we just kind of ate our dinner and had wine together, and oh, it was nice. nice. It was nice. Yeah, that's nice really family nice. gathering. Yeah.
0: yeah, I love a good Passover meal. I'm not I'm not <laughs> Jewish, but my ex husband was, and mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know we still had our kids participate in the the holidays, and sure, um, yeah, they loved it. They're like, you know, our mom makes the best brisket and latkes out there. <laughs>
1: I do like a good brisket. I gotta yeah. say. Yeah,
0: I'll have to give you my recipe. It's it's like. Uh, I would love that. Actually, yeah, it's actually it's actually really easy. I mean, it's the one my mom used to make all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's really good. It's really good. That's great. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, let's actually get into some audio branding here. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> let's do that. Um, so I wanted to ask you what your background was in all of this, because I know that you've been interested in voice and in acting for a long time, and you're a voice talent yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. What's So
0: what's your background? How did you get started? Excuse me. Well, I, I grew up here in L.A., and my dad was a, a, a TV producer. So I grew up around the industry, and... Um, I I was always interested in acting. Um you know, I didn't really do much of it until high school and then I I got into doing commercials which was fun. Mm-hmm. And um and it it was kind of lucrative, you know. This was all on camera. I really enjoyed it and I did that through all through college as well. But I didn't really want to be an actor. I just I was I think I was just always worried about the precariousness of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um Uh, I went to college. I went to UCLA and Cal State Northridge, and I got a degree in broadcast journalism because I thought I would like to be a reporter. And when I graduated, you know, I couldn't, it was really hard to get a job. Um, And uh, finally, my parents were kind of like, yeah, you go, you need a job. (laughs) And um, I found a listing in the Hollywood Reporter for an assistant agent. um, And it I, you know, I said, well, I can do that. I've had agents. I know what that relationship's like. And so I went for the interview and unbeknownst to me, it was for an assistant voiceover agent. Um, and the guy was Don Pitts. And Don Pitts was the man that started the whole business of voiceover agenting. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't really know anything about voiceovers. I loved radio. I, I, when I was in college, I interned at you know, CBS radio and um, NPR. And I really loved radio. So that's what I thought voiceover was. I just really didn't know. Um, but lucky for me, I got hired and um, and this was, you know, pre-internet days. And our clients were, you know, the who's who of voiceover. It was Casey Kasem and and uh, or- Orson Welles and uh, gosh, um, June Foray and, you know, the young Bob Bergen and you know, all the amazing voices at the time. Sure. And Don was so wonderful because he he was really just very, very chill. And he's like, yeah, you know, can you go run into that booth over there and just direct Orson on that commercial? What? <laughs> um, so here I was, this, you know, 22-year-old girl directing Orson Welles and commercials. And, um, you know, I, I just kind of had a knack for it. Um and then he died shortly thereafter but um but yeah it was it was really fun i really enjoyed it um and then don left after about 6 or 7 months to go to another agency and i stayed at this agency of course he took all his clients with him except for a couple so i had to rebuild that whole department mm-hmm. and it was just trial by fire and uh but i did it and i discovered you know bill farmer who's been the voice of Goofy now for uh, you know thirty years um, had some discovered some pretty big people. Um, it was very exciting uh, but then I got an opportunity to become a voiceover casting director at the Voicecaster, which at that time was the only voice casting facility in the country. Wow, there was no online casting. there was no other casting directors. That was it. So there were basically about four or five of us casting girls and we would be in a booth. You know, the voice caster had like five studios and you'd kind of be in your booth all day um, auditioning actors and from, you know, doing commercials, animation series, narrations, like all day you'd just be running different kinds of auditions. And I loved it because... (laughs) It sounds grueling. <laughs> it it actually was so fun because the talent, you know, the talent pool back then was so small because it was really only people in L.A. And of course, there were New York talent, you know, that did it on the East Coast. But it wasn't something that people in the middle of the country could do. That was, mm-hmm. you know, you, if you aspired to do voiceovers, you had to be in L.A. or New York. So that to me, I mean, you'd open the door to the lobby and just the voices that would come out and the the the. Jokes. It was just such a it was really a wonderful time. It was such a great time in that industry. I loved it. Um, And it was so creative. And that's when I really learned like, oh, it's okay to ad lib. It's okay to do this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I had the, the best talent at my feet and I had developed really great relationships working for big advertising agencies. And so after two years there, I thought I could do this on my own and have my own casting company. So much to the chagrin of my boss, um, I quit. And I opened (laughs) up my company, Voices Voice Voice Casting, in 1990, and I've been doing that ever since. So I I have... um, Uh, I've cast thousands and thousands of voices and thousands and thousands of radio and TV commercials and video games, animation, Mm -hmm. narrations in show, narrations, uh, e-learning, the whole thing. And then I guess at about... um, there got to be a point where producers would say hey I really like your voice can you put yourself (laughs) on there and um and I did but if if I'm casting something I don't do that I just Mm -hmm. I always feel like it's a little bit of a conflict um so I sort of got back into it I had the acting background I'm pretty good at it sure um felt confident with it uh got hooked up with an agent and um then, um, yeah, took off with that. Um, so I, so I do voiceovers. I cast voiceovers. I coach and teach talent in voiceovers, and then I also um, produce kind of these traveling workshops and things like that too. Yeah, so yeah, the roadshow, right? Yeah, the VO roadshow. Yeah, so yeah. I've kind of got my hands in all the different, you know, parts of it, which is fun. I love it. I really do love it.
1: That's great, though. Yeah, yeah lots yeah. of different things going on. Yeah. So I've had a to, great career. Uh-huh. Yeah, t- yeah, totally. I mean, and and uh, a very um, lengthy and production uh, pro- uh, productive one as well. Which is I kind of I know it you've that helped way. a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Well, I I absolutely. I just love teaching. Um, it's just you know I, I'm a Virgo. I'm a nurturer, and also <laughs> you know as a mom, I have two daughters. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was a great career to have. For them growing up, you know, I didn't, I could always do sessions while they were at school. I mean, sure. there was the occasional you have to stay after school thing. Mm-hmm. But um, it was really, I, I just molded the career around my family. And it worked out really, really well. I'm very, mm-hmm. very fortunate. So I made it work. But, I, you know, and I'm sure I missed out on some other bigger things. But, um, you know, I have two great adult daughters now. So yeah, I'm happy.
1: Well, work-life balance is really—it's important.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah.
1: So I have to ask, um, what do you wish you'd known then that you know
0: now? Ooh, good question. Um,
1: about I mean, it could have me? to do with—it could have to do with uh, you know, in general. It could have to do with your casting. It could have to do with your voiceover career. Anything that really sticks out to you that you wish you'd known back then that you know now and you think it might have changed something
0: um there's a few things where i had i wish that maybe um i had started a little earlier like some like marketing type things Mm -hmm. um uh you know kind of just maybe even more like productive things like building studios and things like that um a lot of it was you know I had a young family and I, you know, had to put money into education and things like that. So I, you know, I couldn't just, you know, it wasn't all about me. Mm -hmm. Um, But there were, there were a lot of things that I I found ways to make them work. So I'm pretty proud of myself for that. You know, I'm pretty industrious. Um, But I think there were, there were a few things that I wish I would have been braver about, if that makes sense, you know, like just just go for it, you know, mm-hmm. but, but um, overall, I think I've done most things that I kind of set out to do. Sure. That's you know, good. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kind of that personality, like, you know, and I'm always telling my kids that, you know, if you don't try, my big thing is squeaky wheel, yeah. you know, and <laughs> they, they roll their eyes. But, um, <laughs> you know, you don't know if you don't try. And That's so, um, and, and this has been the kind of industry where I, I do find the voiceover talent and the community, they're very, very supportive. You know, they're, it's a really nice group yeah, definitely. of people. My ex-husband works in on-camera uh, casting, mm-hmm. and it's a whole different vibe, a whole different set of people, um, and not always necessarily nicer either. So mm. I do find voiceover people in the community, it's just, it's really nice. I've always, you know, been so grateful for that. I don't know if that really answered your question, but... <laughs> Well, it sort of did. It sort of did. You know, we all have regrets for the things we
1: didn't do as opposed to what we did do. (laughs) True,
0: true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, So... What, what are some of the trends that you've seen? You've been doing this a while, so I imagine you've seen some trends in just in general sound for commercials, for instance, um, that have changed from when you started to what you're seeing today. And I'll ask you more about what you're seeing today, mm-hmm. because that's a whole other ballgame. Sure, but, sure. Yeah. But, but how have you seen the trends change over the years? Sound wise, is that yeah. what you're asking? Yeah, yeah, oh. like commercials. <laughs> sure. you know, like the the voices, the sounds that's behind the
0: voices. You know, the type of writing, maybe even right. Uh, oh, that's a good point. Everything. Um, when I first started, it was very definitely a man's game as far as the sound. Um, most, not most commercials, but but the the the. A higher percentage of uh, commercials were voiced by men, as well as, you know, TV promos and, of course, movie trailers. even in animation, you know most of the most of the the characters. There was a, always the fo- the the focus was more male centered as far as the characters go, with yeah. you know the two or three girls in there. Um, narrations, all of that, and and the sound was again when I started very much more announcery, which is um, a little more presentational and and selly. Um, and then of course over the years it got much more actor focused, and now the sound is. very... Very not announcery. I mean, that's just the kiss of death if you sound like an announcer or any mm-hmm. kind of old school radio DJ or news anchor or anything like that. Um, the sound is very much more downplayed and very real, sort of testimonial-ish, um, heartfelt. It's it's not at all about having a big booming voice or. That perky, sing-songy thing or anything like that. It's its much more relatable on that end. Yeah. But that's actually hard to perform, too. So people think they can do that, and it's not easy, you know. No. So um, it definitely takes some training, or you just can't do it. Some people can and some people can't, you know.
1: Well, I mean, we're sitting here talking over uh, a video conference you know, with headphones on in front of our microphones in our little booths, you know, yeah. you can't really get much more synthetic than that, right. really, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, so, so actors, it really does become acting because you have to live in your head and imagine what conversation you're having while you're in a completely um, uh, inauthentic yeah. environment.
0: <laughs> it's, it really does bring out um, the to me, the true talent of someone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there would be a time where, you know, the office would be so excited if a celebrity was coming in, oh my gosh, so-and-so's coming in today to audition for this. <laughs> yeah. And But when you get them in the booth, they just read it. You know, they're not acting it. And that's mm-hmm. when I really realized, wow, you know, voiceover is kind of the true delineator between who is talented, who's a good actor, Versus who is pretty, you know, who looks good or <laughs> yeah. who 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 just you know looks great on screen or whatever. and <laughs> I, I don't mean that to be, you know cavalier or anything, but it's it definitely is a very strong skill set, and it's not easy like people think it is. yeah, so um, yeah, so you have to be able to create this whole scene in your little home studio or wherever you are, yeah, and visualize it and vocalize it. And it's hard to do. It's not easy yeah it definitely yeah. is I mean it's people fun, ask it's me not easy, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, people ask me all the time, you know what is it like to act like do you actually act when you're doing this and I have to say, yeah you totally are whether it's commercials or narration or an IVR or whatever like you you yeah. You have to act in order to sound real while you're in an unreal environment. Right. right. And then
0: reading copy that real people don't say. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, yeah. It is, it's definitely tough. It's definitely it's a skill. tough. It definitely it's, is a skill. Yeah. Yeah. So today things
1: are, are changing because of our current uh, environment. Yeah, true. Um uh, what are some of the trends that you're seeing now in the casting calls that are coming up now? Like, what are they describing the voices they're looking for as? Are, is that changing? Has it? Have you seen an about shift from what you were seeing before we were all sheltering in place and what you're seeing oh, now? Oh, absolutely.
0: Everything I've seen lately um, has been... Empathetic, uh, relatable, mm-hmm. uh, reassuring, hopeful, concerned, um, not patronizing. You know, uh, mm-hmm. the only it's it's so funny. Um, our my casting definitely slowed down this last month or so. Um, And then copy that I've seen, you know, we did a small thing about, I don't know, two weeks ago. Um, But everything I've also seen since then, just coming in from from other offices, um, it's I haven't seen anything that's not pandemic related, you know, which is interesting. So I'm not sure if all advertising related to any kind of, you know, sales at the auto dealerships or whatever have have become back to normal. Everything I've seen so far has been related to this uh, crisis we're going through. So, um, yeah, and that's always, the the casting specs are always the same, you know, warm, uh, understanding, your best friend trying to reassure you, Mm -hmm. knowledgeable, wise, comforting, you know, all of those great soothing adjectives.
1: Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, I guess psychologically, we all need a little comfort right
0: now. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if you just like us, you know, we were talking earlier watching the news, I can't watch the news, but it was, it was funny the other night I noticed you're watching the news and it's so hard hitting and scary about everything related to the pandemic. And then a commercial will come on and it's so soft and reassuring, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, okay, there's, there's, they're there for me here, but then there's this, you know, so it's, yeah. it's, it's a little
1: nutty yeah it's kind of crazy so in the in in all of this um and I'm I know that you were seeing a shift even before the whole pandemic thing happened what do you think the role of the casting director is at this point
0: wow that's a good question um you know I I get hired by advertising agencies And production companies um, to find the voice for their product or their Mm -hmm. production, whatever, whatever it is. And um, so the role of the casting director is to make their job easier. Sure. Um, There are sources out there online where they can find voices, you know, in a, in a online casting situation but a lot of uh, bigger advertising agencies and production companies don't like to go that route because it's just you t- it's an algorithm and you're getting no personal connection at mm-hmm. all yeah. at all so they'd rather hire a, an experienced casting director who knows voiceovers who knows voices who has relationships with talent as well as agents and representatives and they will handhold that ad agency producer or production company um, through the process and find the perfect voice for them and give them, say, like the 10 to 20 best talent versus, you know, a hundred from some online thing. So we weed out all the eh and give them the great. And, um, And and it's our job as a casting director to stay on top of trends, know talent, find new talent, um, maybe even develop talent. Or if you see somebody, work with them. And I'm in a I'm in a very fortunate position because also as a coach, a voiceover coach, um, I have discovered talent and worked with them and then have been able to meet new talent that maybe other casting directors might not get to meet who don't teach because, mm-hmm. you know, they don't know that this guy's really great. He doesn't have an agent. That's not his fault yet. Um, but um, he could be great for this spot. So I'm kind of known in the casting uh, with my clients uh, that I always, you know, I'll bring in the tried and true a lot, but I also bring in a lot of newbies and, and things. So I have some producers that really love that. That's good. It's a good yeah. skill to have to be able yeah. to tell when someone's yeah. talent level is going to be
1: on par with what you need, despite right. how new they are or whatever.
0: Yeah, you you just I maybe I just because I've been doing it so long, I can just tell I hear it. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, you know, when I when I'm taking that first call from an ad agency producer, I, as soon as he starts giving me the specs or she gives me the specs of what they want, my brain just instantly goes, oh, that's so-and-so and so-and-so. I just start writing down names automatically. Yeah. <laughs> sure. but, um, but again, too, my job is also to listen to, you know, talent agents and they might, you know, give me some suggestions. So it's about having those relationships and trusting them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So being open-minded to it Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In general. This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please take a moment to give the podcast a review. It's greatly appreciated and super helpful. Until next time.